This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. So today is not about relationship. Today is not singles. We are giving pastor time to rest, to gather plenty more information, to come and bombard us next week. Amen. So we're just going to go through the scriptures a bit and just get some little lessons of life from the Old Testament. A lot of wisdom in the Old Testament. So just like I always say, just follow me slowly and gently. Amen. And we're going to look at the life of David. I, I, I love David. And we're just going to look at some few lessons from the lives of David as God has taught me over time. Um, but you know what we're going to do? Our text is from First Samuel. It's Bible study. It's midweek service. So we're going to read the Bible. The Bible says that even in, Paul was telling Timothy, let's give attendance to reading of the scriptures. So please let's open our Bible. If you have your phone, open. Instrument of any, um, what is instrument of what? Instruments of Scripture. So, First Samuel 17. And I know we all know the story. So, we all did CRK. We all did um, Bible knowledge. But let's read it again. Let's read it again from the beginning. And let's follow. Now, this is um, it's Bible study. We're going to read the Bible. And we're all going to read the Bible. And it has how many verses? 58. So I want five volunteers to come and read. Five volunteers will take the mic and read for us. And I want us to just follow the scripture. It's a very short message. It's not severe. We're not sleeping here for a long time. If you don't come out, I will bring you out myself. I want, it's, it's just Bible. It's not question. Come and read Bible. Except you are saying you don't know how to read though. Going, I have one. No, just take number one. You're number one, Abby. Okay, who is number two? Number two. Oh, yeah, guys, now. How about wait, wait, wait? I want a guy. Where's a guy? Number, so who is number two? Number, I do now. You should not rush me. Don't rush me. Let me breathe. <laughs> You're number three, right? Number four. I want someone from that side. Number four. Come and speak English that we understand, though. No Queen's English, Nigerian English. I want one more person. No, you've had, your hand is up already now. We've counted you. You're number two. You're number three. Okay, no problem. Nobody wants to come from this side. Going before I call. Going. No, I'm very good at calling people. Don't bend your head, though. I can see you. Ah, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. And please don't tell me that you don't have Bible. I'll give you my phone. Uh, who is, who is, who, who am I being led to? Uh, they are covering their face. Falabi, Abdimala will be the fifth person. Abi? Yes, you are hiding your face. So please, let's just go through the scriptures as we read. And don't say, I know you know Goliath's story. Some of you can even quote the scripture from 1 to 58, but just follow us. Let's start from verse 1. So you are, re- you are reading 12 verses. Yes, ma'am. What is, hmm? we are reading the Bible. Okay, from verse 1. The Philistines now mustered their... Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Sukkot, which belonged to Judah, and pitched between Sukkot and Azekah in Dash. (laughs) 
verse 2. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side. And there was a valley between them. Verse 4. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Verse 5. And he had a hel an helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. Verse 6, and he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. Verse 7, and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. Verse 8, and he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel, and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am I not, am not I a Philistine, and, your, and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. Verse 9, If he be able to fight with me, and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him, and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. Verse 10. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Verse 11. When Saul and all Israel heard these, those words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Verse 12. Now David was the son of the Ephratites of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, and he had eight sons. And the man went among men for an old man in the days of Saul. And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle. And the names of the three sons that went to the battle were Eliab, the first son, and next to him, Abinadab, and the third, Shammah. And David was the youngest, and the three eldest followed Saul. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days. Sorry, verse 17. And Jesse said unto David, his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah of this patched corn and these ten loaves and run to the camp to thy brethren. Verse 18, and carried these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand, and look how thy brethren fare, and take their pledge. 19, now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. 20, and David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for battle. 21. For Israel and Philistines and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. 22. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. 23. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up 
the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spoke according to the same words and David heard them. 24. And all of the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I read from verse 25. And the men of Israel said, Have ye seen this man that is come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killed him, the king will enrich him with great riches and give him his daughter to make his father's house free in Israel. Verse 26. And David spoke to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to this man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that, has, that should defy the armies of the living God? 27. And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killed this man. <clears throat> 28. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why comest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and thy naughtiness of thy heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. 29. And David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? 30. And he turned from him toward another and spoke after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. 31. And when the words were heard, which David spoke, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. 32. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. 33. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and be a man of war from his youth. I read verse 34. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock, 35, and I went after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth, and when he arose against me, I caught him by his bed, and smote him, and slew him, 36, thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord had delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. He will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. And Saul armed David with his armor, he put an helmet of brass upon his head, and he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, 
for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was both a youth and ruddy and of fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Verse 47. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass, when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slung it, and it smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word into our hearts. Amen. We know the story. I won't let us. We know the, um, the rest part of the remaining part of the story. But we read from the beginning where um, the Philistines were coming against the children of Israel. And so for me, I wanted to bring out few lessons that God taught me from this, um, from this passage when I read. And I wanted us to read it from the beginning because it was easy to just say, yes, David, Goliath. Remember when we were young, we used to call the five, what is called that five sling? People had different interpretations. Some people say it's Jesus. Some people say, anyway, whatever. Ishaab fought Goliath. And um, some few lessons that God taught me is what I want to bring out of that. Let's go to verse 8, first of all. Like I said, it's a very short message, but I just wanted to bring out some salient points, especially based on what, what we're going through, based on um, the environment, the nation, a lot of challenges, a lot of situations, a lot of adversities around. Verse 8 says, Goliath stood and shouted to the rank of Israel, why have you come out to draw up a battle? Am I not a Philistine and are you not a servant of Saul? And when I read this part, first of all, I stopped. Why did I stop? Paul, um, I said, Paul, Goliath said, am I not a Philistine? And the next thing I would expect him to say is, are you not an Israelite? I mean, that was the next thing now. Why go and say, are you not a servant of God? Servant of Saul. Are you not a servant of Saul? Why not say, are you not the children of Israel? Are you not the Israelites? But Goliath said, am I not a Philistine? Are you not a servant or so? So yeah, I mean, God made me understand that Goliath was subtly telling these people that, look, you are not Amizu. 
you are servants. So I saw Goliath as the adversity, as that challenge that we are facing. And what is that challenge telling us? You are not, you are not, how will I put it? You are not, um, you think you are children of God. You are just servants. You are just common people. And the Bible says that when Goliath told them to show, and so what was my lesson that I was bringing here, which I'm going to further buttress, is that do not allow your adversity or your circumstance or whatever it is you are going through to define you in whatever situation you are. Goliath said, am I not a Philistine and you are a, and you are servant of Saul? And what happened? To show you that it worked, they said, if you go to um, 11, when Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid, and they went to hide themselves. Now, these were men that had conquered Canaan. These were men that had gone to battle against the Hittites, all the Jebusites, the Hittites, Hittites, all of them. They were the people that conquered them, took over their land. They were the people that fought battles. These people that went to battle, they were armies. Oh. They are not, it's not like they carried all the children of Israel to go on. They were armies. But Goliath, Goliath was that adversity that was talking to them. And they accepted what Goliath was saying. They forgot whatever it is they may think they have known. They forgot, that, that's if they knew it at all. But they chose what the adversity was saying to them. They chose what that circumstance, they chose what that situation, Goliath was that challenge. Goliath was that problem they were facing at that time. And at that point, it defined them. And that's why the Bible says that they went away. And this is Saul. This was Saul that they were asking and they were saying that they wanted a king. Remember, the broad-chested Saul with seven packs, with broad chest and the rest. The Bible says what? They all fled. And so what God made me realize is that, look, sometimes we go through things and we allow those things define who we are. Those things make us behave the way we begin to behave. And I decided to further go and say, okay, so what happened when David came on board? Of course, Goliath did the same thing, 41. If we go to 41, just follow me. I'll just quickly pick up scriptures from there. And Goliath said the same thing. He even told David that, look, I will give you to the birds of the air. I will give you to the fowls. I will do this. Are, are you trying to say I'm a dog that you're coming to me with sticks? You this reddish guy with red hair, looking fair, a jabota, this and that. But David said, you come to me with a sword. You come to me with a spear. David was saying that, look, I understand that I am a servant of the Lord. That's the mistake those people made. I am a servant of the Lord. But I am coming to fight you in the name of the Lord. And I realized that David was not just speaking from his head. He was speaking from an understanding of something. Follow me. He was speaking because he knew something. And I guess that's what the children of Israel did not know. I'm not judging them, but we know that children of Israel can be very shallow. Those were the people that ordinary, let me not say ordinary, water did not come out. They just finished eating man now, but water did not come out. And they were, well, I'm not saying we are better than them, but I'm trying to state something here. So these were people that 
the adversary, the, the situation, the problem, the circumstance around them, that challenge they were having, that need was almost telling them, look, it's almost impossible. Who are you? Who do you think you are? You this girl? You that boy? What do you think you have? And we just cower to it. And we just allow it to be. But here was the Bible saying that, look, David, David had a different action. David responded to him. And David's response for me showed that David knew something. It was that David had an understanding. Because the way he answered Paul, he answered Saul, I think in verse 32, if I'm not wrong. He said, look, your heart should not faint. Why are your heart failing? Because of this Philistine, your servant will go out and fight with him. Your servant will go out and fight with him. That person talking is because he knows something. If I don't, if there's not, I mean, um, you're about to say, oh, oh Jenk, how do you say it? Oh, Jenk, on Sarah, how do you say it? Ajessara. Sorry, I'm, I'm not Yoruba, but it's, it's like, you know, you have power, one power. Did I, did I get it, Yoruba, here? So that's how it is. So a lot of times, things that we're going through, circumstances, the world around us, the, the things happening in the nation, the, let me use what we know, the 448 Naira is almost defining who we are. If you know, you know. <laughs> four. I don't even know where I saw four. four. Maybe, I'm, maybe it's gradually coming down in the spirit. You shall understand what I mean. But seriously, it's practically defining, if I know, it's practically defining, or maybe defining the way that we are looking at things, our outlook in life. And I realized that, and what God made me understand was, knowing who we are, I wrote here, who you are, whose you are, what you are, and what you have, is very important and is required for us to face this world at this time. And why did I say this? That look, David came, had an understanding. There was something that David knew. I had I know that there was something that David knew. That's why I was telling Saul, he said, when I was in the wilderness... David spent time in God's presence. I'm going somewhere with this. David was in the wilderness. He was tending to his fathership. But he wasn't just tending to his fathership. I came to an understanding and I believe that what David was doing in the wilderness was cultivating his relationship with God. David was in the wilderness spending time with the word of God. This issue, we cannot flog it. There's no way you and I can go through this phase that we're going through without developing that intimacy and that connection with God. Why? Because we need to come to a place where we begin to understand who we are in Christ. Understand what God has given us. I believe that David came to a place when he was spending time with God where he began to understand the love of God. That's why I can come and tell you in the book of Psalms about God's love. I don't think anybody can express God's love more than the way David did. David understood God's mercy. How do you think he understood it? It was because of the time he spent in God's presence. David understood that God was his deliverer. That's why we'll come and tell you that, look, I fought the bear and the lion now. Who is this person? There was an understanding that he had, but that understanding could only come from a place of fellowship, a place of cultiv- uh, where he was cultivating his relationship, his time with God in, in God's presence. And why I brought this is because 
the only way you and I can come and come to a place where we know we were in Christ, like I said, is that you and I spend time in God's presence with the word of God. You and I begin to dig into scriptures where we begin to understand who God is, what he has said about you, what he has said about me, what he has, what he has given us in Christ Jesus. It begins to open your eyes. And now why I'm saying it is because our world around is getting very busy. It is getting very, it, it even happens to me, where you wake up and you have to be at the office at what time. Maybe now that there is, um, you can work from home, virtual, even the virtual going, if you are not careful, you are standing up by six o'clock, you are in front of your laptop and you are going back to bed at 11 and the time you want to spend with God is that time that the sleep starts. I don't know if you've experienced it. That is when the sleep starts. But it is very important, people of God, to understand and know that our fellowship with God, our relationship with God, having that time of, uh, I wrote somewhere here that it is, it is, for you to get to know someone better, you have to do what? Spend time with that person. Just the way it applies to you and I. It's the same way it applies to you and, you and God, myself and God. Spending time in God's presence. And I, I remember the, it was last year where Pastor was telling us that, yes, yeah, sometimes even during the week, it may really be difficult for you to really have. It's, it's, spending time with God is not that one who wake up in the morning and while you're having your back, you're, you're doing. We all used to do it. You're brushing your teeth, you're speaking in tongues. You are. You're entering your car, you're pushing your socks, then all of a sudden somebody annoys you, you say something else, then you come back again and come back to, it's not that one. It's quality time. And I remember pastor said that thing, and I think a lot of us should go back to it because it's something I've been trying to do. Those weekends where you just take time out to go and spend it with God. Where you take out weekends and it's not every wedding you have to go. Who was saying that? Was it not pastor that was saying that on Sunday? Abby? It's not every wedding you want to go. It's not every party you want to go. Set to yourself very well now. Then you go to party. But it's not everything. Weekends, take time out. Take, take that time out. Spend it with God. Find out what he has said about you in his word. A lot of us don't know what God has said about us. It's, it's, it's peripheries in our head. You know that kind of thing where it's, it's only when they sing the song, I know who I am. I know who I am. What's that song? I know. Uh-huh. that's the only time we know who we are in Christ too. if I start to say yeah, tell me who you are in Christ if I start to say something about you but things come to us we're almost taken back because you don't even know your place in Christ it's all of us it's not um, it's, knowing who you are in Christ it's not, um, it's not for teenagers so. it's for you and I Under, understanding what he has said about you knowing, understanding his love for you you know, there's a place where you understand God's love that you will not be moved by some things because you know that you've got his backing. You know that he's looking out for you. Understand his deliverance. Understand his plan where he begins to unfold things to you. God will not, I mean, that Shabbat, Shabbat, Shabbat thing we do, it's not, it's not the time that God will use to open his word to us. So it's us finding our time. And I said that, look, do not let adversity define you. The only way adversity will not define you Define how you address things. Define how you look at things. Is you spending time with God, finding out, discovering Him, discovering what He has said about you, discovering His mercy. Find out about His mercy, His love, His grace, what His Word has said about you. Amen. And the next thing I learned was from uh, that I saw in that scripture for me was 
Yes, I know we hear this too. David, David came to Goliath from a point of victory. Why do I say that? He said, let's, I mean, this was somebody that came to Paul and said, look, if somebody tells you, let not your heart fail you because of the phyla, Philistines, your servant will go out and fight him. First of all, I said he had an understanding. Let's read verse 34 to 35. 34 to 35 says, And David said to Saul, Your servant kept his father's sheep. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and I smote it and I delivered him out of its mouth. And when it rose up against me, it's caught, I caught it by its beard and smote it. Your servants killed both the lion, the bear, and the uncircumcised Philistines shall be like one of them. For he has defied the name, the armies of the living God. So I said, look, David understood that everything was working out together for his good. We have to be careful as Christians not to just be quoting scriptures. Um, Pastor said something yesterday, I'll repeat it again, where he says that, look, you have to come to a place where you be, you be saying the thing, be saying it till your body adjusts to it. So it's not just um, everything is working out for my good, but you come to a place where you understand that every adversity, that challenge, that thing that you are facing, that thing that is coming to me, this need that is looking like it's not going, it's going to work out for my good. Amen. So David saw the adversity and he knew that God was going to rescue him. Why? Because God had rescued him before. Why? Because he had an understanding of who God is. So I'm tying it back to that. He knew who he was in God. He knew what God could do for him. He had seen God deliver him from the beer. So it's tying back to what I said, understanding who you are. Then when you understand, you are, at, at, you are combating or going after that thing and facing that thing from a point, knowing that God, I know that this is going to work out for my good. Amen. So whatever it is we're going through, our position should be from a position of what? Victory. The children of Israel, as far as we're concerned, children of Israel, were already, they were already defeated. There was no point for them going into victory. Even if they've gone into that battle the way they were, they would have been defeated. But David went into that battle from a place of victory, knowing that all things... It wasn't, it wasn't that he was saying that... It wasn't that... I feel, okay, he could have said, ah, it was beer, it was a lion. Hmm. This one is a human being, no. It could be different. No, it was all. It wasn't few things. It wasn't some things. It wasn't many things. It was what? All. All things, this was going to work out for me. good. This was from a place of victory. So whatever the adversities you are going through, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2.14, that now thanks be to, unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. That situation, how are you addressing it? How are you coming against it? Are you already defeated? Are you looking at it and saying, ah, this one is too much. Um, that house rent, or what example can I give? You have, there's something at work. There's a pressure at work. They told you they're laying off people already. When they just tell you, when you hear, they've not, maybe it's the, the management have not told you. You know, we, we know how to carry rumors. Or it may not be rumor. They say there's no fire without smoke, Abby. So you will just hear. And already when you hear, in your mind self, they've already fired you before. No, it's, it's not a joking matter. And I want to use, give this example. Now, when I give this example, my example, 
it, it can go another way, but I want you to understand that whatever, I'm going to give two scenarios, but I'm going to give you one that happened. And I'm buttressing the point that, look, whatever it is we are going, whatever it is we are facing, whatever it looks like is almost around us and is weighing us down, that adversity, that situation, look at it that, look, whatever it is, oh, this one, I am victorious. I am winning over you. I am already victorious in Christ Jesus. So, I'm going to code a lot of things so that people will not know what I'm talking about. And so that in case anybody is hearing, they will not say I came to say. So, last month, something happened in my office where I think the sales, not, not I think, what am I saying? I think the sales dropped. No, you're covering something. You say you think. The sales, <laughs> the sales dropped um, for wedding. Sales dropped, sure. Revenue dropped. Mm-hmm. And you know how rumor used to go in office? We started hearing rumor. They say they want to merge. Whether it's merge, whether they want to buy you, sure, we're hearing. And they refused to tell the management staffs. We just knew that we were hearing different things. And I think the one that shook me most was when they said the company that, I don't know, I think it was buying, because eventually it was buying, that was buying us. The rumor was that they wanted to let a lot of the people that they were buying from off. So when it first came, it, I said it was rumor. Because, I mean, management said they've not told us now, so... But, you know, when you're going on, that same thing of there's no smoke without fire. There's no smoke without fire. So I just said, I wasn't even ready to pray about it. And I think a month before, I got an offer somewhere. And I had taken the offer. But I just didn't... I wasn't settled. I didn't say God told me anything, no. But I just wasn't settled to take the offer. So I did not take it. I didn't even tell the, some people I knew that I didn't take it until I did not take it. So I sure didn't go again, and I wrote them a letter that blah, 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 blah. So I now heard this one. So my boss now eventually called me. You know, when, you, when that thing happens, you'll be wondering, are you sure you are hearing God? Are you, sure, are you sure that your intuition, that you thought was intuition, is really working? So it wasn't a funny thing. I'm laughing about it now. It wasn't funny. Okay, if you know, you know. So I... My boss eventually calls us, the management staff, and say, okay, this, 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 what's happening, this, what's happening, this, what's happening. But he didn't tell us the part where they said it looks like they are favoring. But now, since I've heard that it was true, that one stuck very well. Because if they've confirmed it, it means that it was true. And I just said I wasn't going to doubt that one. And they are saying they are going to. I would not like I could not pray. Because I knew that that prayer was going to be I was just worrying. Not that worrying prayer. And so I just started giving God thanks. And I had learned about this really, to be honest. And I started giving God thanks. And I went through my notes and I came back to this and yes, I'm victorious. It wasn't entering. <laughs> no ma'am, I will tell you the truth. I'm victorious in Christ Jesus. It wasn't entering. So I just told myself, just give God thanks. Don't deceive yourself. By the time I got home, the giving of God thanks in the car was giving of God thanks with worrying. But I was just, because I remembered something pastor said, that look, even if you are feeling that way, just continue. I got home that night. I was just giving God thanks. And I was just telling God, thank you. Thank you for this news I've heard. Thank you for whatever it is you are planning. Thank you for... 
the outcome of this plan. And you know, when you're talking to God, like, in my mind, you'll be saying, God, what is this outcome? <laughs> so, I know it's true. It is, I'm laughing now. I wasn't laughing, no. So, I, I woke up in the night. I, did, I couldn't pray. I said, pray. So, and as I, I just changed. And I said, praying for something, somebody else. In the morning, I woke up and I started giving thanks. I didn't go to work the next day. I told them I was working from home. Then, I think by the, in the evening, the, the Thanksgiving got better. There was this free, I was free. And then that's when I went to God and I prayed and I just told God that, look, God, I trust you and I believe you. You're working out for my good. I don't know why that one, I left it all. But I just didn't have peace. If I made a mistake, please forgive me. Have mercy on me. It's the honest truth. And, and I just told God that I was, I just kept, kept declaring that I'm victorious and uh, this is working out for my good. I was just saying that. So, the, they were supposed to come and, I don't know, they said they were going to come and do in, some interview or something for the management staff. And I've, I was, you know, the way you are hearing, the same way you hear again. That's one of the person, there are two or two, that one of the guys in the panel or what they call themselves team, that one of them is his plan or he's, he's planning that more of those people will be on board than us. So the day we, the interview, we did the interview, a lot of my colleagues were coming out with their faces. Hey, Jesus. You know, they would just go, just like, the guy gave them tough time. Hey, my God. The guy gave them tough time. I gave you just asking questions that were not necessary. So it was my turn to go in. I think we were six management staff. So I went in. Trust me, I did not pray. I was just saying, God, thank you for victory. Thank you for victory. Whatever the victory was. I went in. Lo and behold, as I entered. I don't know the other one. That's the one that they said was giving them tough time. The person in front of me was my senior in school. <laughs> and it was just not any senior. It was a senior I knew. But of course now, you enter. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, sir. And, you know. <laughs> my mind, I was like, God. God, I'm thankful, but let me not rejoice too much. So I sat. And I, no, very nice of me. I said, please, can I sit? I sat. I said, oh, you can see, you can see. I didn't say anything. I didn't. He was smiling. I was just like, mm, let's not be disrespectful. Guess. So the next thing is, okay, so tell us about yourself. What's your name? Blah, blah, blah. And I started talking. This, the other one's phone rang. He put it off. So what do you do here? He wasn't smiling, no. He wasn't even looking at me. Like, as if, if I look at him, I will influence his decision. So, I was talking, the phone rang again, I stopped. Go on, go on, go on. So I kept talking. The next thing I noticed that the guy, sorry, please excuse me, he stood up. Excuse me, I'm coming, let me just, no, hold on, wait, hold on, let me just, let me take this call, let me take this call. So the guy, my friend, oh, let me not, the other guy said, <laughs> the other guy said, should we wait for you? Guess when my heart was very happy. When he said, no, go on. So I was like, so when he said, go on, I decided that I was going to be as official as I can. And guess what my friend started? So how have you been? 
how are you doing? I am not lying. I was shocked, oh. But I kept this straight face. I'm good. Oh, it's been fine. You have not changed. I said, likewise. <laughs> and let me tell you the only prayer in my head. God, whatever call that man is having, prolong it for me. And so the next thing that Isaiah asked me was, so how is work here? So what, is the, what, what do you think is the problem? You know, I will talk freely now. I will talk calmly. I, of course, I won't go and say secrets. I'm not supposed to say. I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking. I say, ah, so uh, how is that asking me about people that I, I didn't even know? I, I think it should be fine. And the last time I, I'm not sure, you know. And I said, okay. So do you have something? Do you have somewhere to go or do you want to stay? I was like, well, sure. <laughs> question. No, I didn't tell you that, which was another part that pained me was that three months ago, because of, of this revenue job, all the man, management starts, we had a pay cut. So the next thing he asked me was, um, so if, if, if you stay on board, are you ready to take in more tasks? So I said, more tasks? I said, no problem, as long as it translates to more pay. And he laughed. He was like, ah, you know, people are not making money. I said, that's why people are coming on board now. And while he was saying that, the other man entered, and my mind was, I'm going somewhere with this story. So he sat down and, and just turned to the man. So, are you guys done? He said, my friend said, oh, yes, we're done. Do you have any questions to ask her? He now turned back to him and said, no, but are you okay? Are you satisfied? He was talking to the friend. Are you satisfied? He said, yes, fine. She, she can go. She can go. No. Till today, I don't have his number. So hold on. So I, I stood up and I went. I said, that guy didn't ask me any question. So when I went out, my colleague said, how was it? I said, it was fine. He said, eh, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't. I said, because I didn't want to go and. I said, yeah, they asked question, but I was, God, God gave grace. His grace. His grace. We are six management staff. It only took two of us. Two. So I realized that's grace. Now, yes, it could have gone another way. But how was I choosing to see it from? People I was afraid. That's your pay. I'd already taken one pay cut. So it, it was about where was I looking at it from? Those kind of pressures come into our lives. How do we look at them? How do we address them? How do we confront them? Are we already defeated before the thing, even before we allow God manifest out of that adversity? It says it's working out for our good. All things. Remember, it is all things. The mistake we make is that we are helping God select the things. It is all things. And we have to come to that realization as human beings that it is all, all my job, it is all. My marriage, it is all. That rent I need to pay, it is all. Amen. So our time has gone quickly. The last thing I wanted to say about, and which we're going to do this morning, is this evening. <laughs> I wanted to talk about something else. It's about saying what David, David was, David addressed Goliath. He said something. He didn't just keep quiet. What happened to the children of Israel? They kept quiet. Goliath was attacking them. He told them to attack Goliath back. 
And you see, let me tell you, I think that's where David's victory with Goliath started, though. On a lighter note, somebody said it was when Goliath, it was when David answered Goliath's back. Goliath did like, eh? Really? You know, you shook him. That's what the children of Israel should have done. And that's what we should do, whatever situation we are coming in. A lot of times, some thoughts come into our hearts, some things come into our hearts, and we just leave it. And it's those thoughts that multiply, multiply, and become that thing where Job says that what I feared. What, I, what did he say? Has come upon me. Everything that God created, he created it with his words. We as Christians, what are we saying? What are you declaring? Yes, we've heard it. They say you should say They say you should say Are you saying it? It's not just that you are repeating it because you are in difficulty. You know that time you are going through that thing, some things drop in your heart. I was telling somebody that I was talking to last week. That some things will drop in your heart. The, the devil will be suggesting things to you. Instead of you to attack it, you allow it to sit down. It will sit down. But it's sitting now and building. It's sitting now and building. It's sitting now and building. Then you won't know when you start saying the thing. But what we should do as Christians is that look, address it. Say to, it's a fight. It's some, sometimes you don't feel like saying it too. That's why it's a fight of faith. Say it. Talk to it. Talk to that thought. Talk to that thing. People are saying around, uh, it's, it's difficult. Teachers are saying, no, wow, this country is difficult. And somebody will say, Pastor Jessica, you are, not, uh, you are not speaking reality. What's our reality? Our reality is God's word. I will say it anytime, any day. People say, you are not being frank. You are not being frank. My, my frankness is God's word. We're not following after facts. We're following after what? His truth. And lastly, what I wanted us to look at or to understand, which I know Pastor talked about, and it's, you can't overflow that matter, is that David was a man of thanksgiving. Yes, it wasn't in this scripture, but it was something I wanted to close with, that David was a man of thanksgiving. David would always peer his prayer. David is praying for deliverance, oh, but David is thanking God. So there's no way you will see David asking God for something that is not thanking God. There's no way. David, David, is, David is worrying about something, but he's there thanking God in the midst of the worry. Amen. When his life was full of worry, he was there intentionally giving God thanks. And I wrote something. I said, David gave thanks, God. He gave thanks to God, one, by looking back on what God has done for him. If you look at Psalm 105 and 107, he always looked back. And that's what we used to, what, what Pastor termed as building altars. Remembering what God has done for you. That was the life of David. And he gave God thanks by focusing on, the, on who God was. Focusing on who God was. He gave thanks by listening, that God, thanking God for listening to his prayers. You can find that in Psalm 66 verse 19 to 20. And he also gave God thanks for how God will act. In expectation for how God will act towards what he was asking God for. Amen. So as we go through life every day, in our places of work, in our places of business, in little, little things, understand that that adversity is working out for your good. Understand that that adversity cannot define you. Let's be on our feet. Understand that whatever the situation is, as you're telling God, you are giving him thanks. But know that as you're giving him thanks, you're giving him thanks not because you think he fits on your thanksgiving. You're giving him thanks not because you think he needs your thanksgiving. You are giving him thanks because you are acknowledging him and you are telling him that, look, God, in the midst of this, and that was what Paul um, 
David was doing that God I am I acknowledge you as my source I acknowledge you as my help I acknowledge you as my deliverer so I just want us to take time this morning first of all to begin to pray and ask God that God will help us as individuals to begin to spend time in his presence give us the grace to seek for him more give us the grace to run after him to spend time in his presence spend time in his word Bible says that it is God that is in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. You and I cannot do it, but God will work it in you and I. So open your mouth and begin to ask God for the grace to seek him more, the grace to spend time in his presence, it's grace to read his word, and that as you read your his eye your eyes will be open to see who he has made you in Christ, to see who he has made you to be, to see what he has kept in stock for you. I want you to desire that God will give you the grace to find time to seek his face, to find time to spend with him. God will work out in you the willingness to spend time with him, the willingness to stay at his feet, the willingness to, to fellowship with him, that you will cultivate that relationship with him and that God will help you, that what whatever it is or whatever circumstance you are going through, that God will help you to see and understand that you are already victorious in Christ Jesus. That no matter how that circumstance, His grace will be sufficient and His strength will be made perfect in all your weakness. And just spend time giving God thanks for whatever it is that you are believing God for or whatever it is that is that mountain or whatever it is that is that thing that you are saying is that adversity that looks like it's it's like a wall that won't let go give God praise knowing that he is able knowing that he is your source knowing that there is nothing impossible with him knowing that he is the way the truth and the life knowing that in him is wisdom wisdom to to go through that and the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing but you get that wisdom from God so just open your mouth and begin to say God thank you. Thank you for my life. Thank you for this circumstance. Thank you because I know that in all, in all, in all this, oh God, it is working out for my good. Father, we thank you this evening.